for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Yes, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, for the uh, second week of the Newsmax Daily, the first oral podcast from Newsmax, the number one fastest growing cable news network on television. It's uh, it's magnificent and uh, glad to be back here today. We're going to give you a snapshot of what's going on in the world, what's going on in the country, share some highlights and terrific interviews and whatnot from uh, Newsmax personalities, including uh, Grant Stinchfield, Greg Kelly, among others. So we're going to get to that. And I have a special guest in a little while, uh, Mr. Christian Toto. Christian Toto is a insider in Hollywood. He's a conservative. And I don't usually like to do Hollywood talk, okay, because it doesn't thrill me. But I do like to see movies and things like that. And he's got a good perspective. He also writes for the Daily Wire conservative publication that I definitely really respect. But let's get to the uh, the border. The Biden administration is not allowing photographers, not allowing journalists into the border facilities with children. So 19 Republican senators said, okay, we're going. And they went down to the Rio Grande and they were taunted by human traffickers on the other side of the Rio Grande. And if you're like me, you are feeling incredibly frustrated and angry right now as our border is being breached. We are a sovereign nation. And one of the main reasons the federal government exists is to protect our sovereignty and to protect our citizenry. And right now we're being smacked around like we don't matter. And I feel your frustration. I know it's out there. 60% of Americans are saying the way they're handling on the border is wrong. And 60% of Americans are saying it needs to stop. Ted Cruz went into one of these facilities to actually record what was going on. Here is the audio of that as a Biden administration official got in his face and basically said that he should not film or take photos at the migrant holding facility. Now, this may work with Joe Biden telling the press, but it doesn't work when a senator says, I'm going to record. And Ted Cruz did while being interrupted by this Biden administration tool. I mean, uh, member of the administration. Please respect. Please give dignity to the people. Please give dignity to the people. So you work for the commissioner, your senior advisor. You were hired two weeks ago, and you're instructed to ask us to not have any pictures taken here. Please respect the people. Because the, the political rules. leadership at DHS does not want the American people to know it. Please respect the rules, You keep sir. standing in, in front of the pictures, Please so you don't want the, the pictures taken. The rules are arbitrary, and Please they're designed the to keep the American the people, people in the dark. I'm thinking that uh, if you were going to respect the dignity, you would not have the person in a facility that only is supposed to house 80 people. Instead, they've got 800 people in it, and they're wrapped up like baked potatoes. I would say that the dignity has already been pretty much lost. And I'll also say that most of the people in those facilities probably want this to be seen so this abuse can stop. That's all we ask. Well, dignity no, it's and not. respect. You're asking, is this please, dignity and respect? Look at these people. Please give dignity there's a and pandemic. respect to the people. Well, your respect it sounds a lot like my censorship. Let, let me ask, ask you. you. There, there's a I pandemic. I respectfully ask you, sir. There is a pandemic. Is this respecting the rights of these? Now you're talking to a senator, and you know what? You need to butt out. I yeah. ask you, please. Are respect you respecting the, the rights of these? This kids? is not a zoo, sir. Wait, this is this is not a zoo. Actually, no, it's not. The zoo actually treats the animals there a lot better. Two I ask you came to please down here. respect the people, give them dignity and respect. I respect them and I want to fix this situation. This is uh, honestly, uh, really, really honestly, just kind of funny that uh, she is uh, trying to ask the senator to respect the people there when actually um, <laughs> the worst sort of disrespect is happening every single day. All right? Every single day. We are being handled an excrement sandwich and told it's a meatball sub, 
Okay? That's what we are being told, and it is ridiculous. And the reason why they are being treated this way is because the border has been overrun because Joe Biden basically said during his campaign to rush the border. This is policy, all right? Kamala Harris was given charge of the border. She has done nothing. In fact, she has actually bucked the position and what the president has asked, which is to approach the Central and South American countries about stopping sending people. She is not following that order. Now, Chris Wallace, I watched Chris Wallace this weekend. Wow, he he might as well just be on MSNBC. He spoke to Jen Psaki about uh, the border crisis and access. This is being set up and you'll have full access to everything once we get this thing moving. Okay, and just to be clear, how soon will that be? Obviously, this is the president during the presser where he was almost able to put together a couple sentences saying that we will let you have access when we can finally clean up everything and uh, so it doesn't look as bad for us. Mr. President. I don't know. (laughs) The only way we know how bad conditions are for some 5,000 miners in these Border Patrol facilities is because of these pictures that members of Congress have released on their own. Jen, these kids are living in these conditions now. They're not living in these conditions some indeterminate time from now when the president says everything will be fixed. So why not allow reporters and camera crews in on a pool basis safely to take pictures and show the American people what's happening? Let's play a game. If Jen Psaki said the truth, here's what she'd say. Because right now, uh, conditions are absolutely deplorable. Uh, It is a crisis down there, and we're really embarrassed because we were caught with our pants down because of our policy. Bling, bling, bling. Not to reality where she'll lie. In those Border Patrol facilities right now. Chris, we're absolutely committed to that. The president's committed to that. I'm committed to that. Secretary Mayorkas is committed to that. Just last week, we had a pool camera, including allowing providing footage to Fox News just last week into the shelters. We want to provide uh, access into the Border Patrol facilities. We are mindful of the fact that we are in the middle of a pandemic. We want to keep these kids safe, keep the staff safe. But we, we are absolutely committed to transparency and providing access to media to the Border Patrol facilities, and we're working to to get that done as soon as we can. They're absolutely committed to transparency and they're being opaque. <laughs> wow. Just wow. 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 They are committed to it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Here, uh, here uh, Jen Psaki is uh, telling Chris Wallace that Donald Trump actually tore children from uh, their mother's arms and, and they're going back to try to blame Trump. By the way, that, that whole trial balloon about blaming Trump for the border is not flying with the American people. Here's some more hot sake. But just to clarify, Jen, uh, that what you allowed a camera crew in to see the HHS facilities. What we're talking about here are the mm-hmm. border patrol facilities, the detention cells, the, the you know, the, these, I, I, there is a law that they, let me just finish, that they are not allowed to be there for more than 72 hours. Many of them are there for 10 days. At this point, in terms of allowing access to border patrol facilities for reporters, you are being less transparent than the Trump administration. 
Well, first of all, Chris, the Trump administration was turning away kids at the border, sending them back on the treacherous journey. No, no, they weren't, actually. Uh, we disputed that the other day because actually what he was doing is they found phone numbers, they had relatives, and they sent them back to their countries on airplanes where their parents met them at the airport. That's what happened, actually. Or they were ripping kids from the arms of their parents. And that never happened either, but, you know, it's a nice talking point. We're not doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, we are committed to allowing cameras into the Border Patrol facilities. Absolutely. Yes, kind of like uh, North Korea is committed to allowing uh, access to cameras in Pyongyang as long as there are a dozen soldiers around them telling you exactly what you can videotape and what you can't. And that's not much of a stretch, by the way. That's not much of a stretch at all. Here is one of the senators, Senator Lankford, who went down to the border talking about his experience. This is the Donna facility I met this morning at an early morning breakfast with Border Patrol, then came to the Donna facility where unaccompanied minors and where families are being held here. I understand why the Biden team does not want cameras to be allowed in this location. Some of the pods, and there's multiple pods here, the pods where people are being kept are designed for 80 people. One of the pods I went into had 709 kids in it wow. 709 they were literally piled in had no room they were they were taking turns laying down on the floor uh, because there's no space for them to be able to be there yeah zoos usually don't uh, keep their animals in a pod that is only supposed to hold 80 they don't put 700 in there none of this was true three months ago that would be considered inhumane early when president biden came in and announced that he was changing the policy uh they showed us the stats and showed how it skyrocketed in yeah. february and march uh, than for these individuals to be able to come in and has created this huge crisis. February and March is when it really started to happen. What happened in January? Uh, we have a January 20th. Something happened. Large percentage of folks here that are COVID positive, uh, but they're not tested here for several days. And uh, so they're literally spreading it all around. And then they're released out into HHS custody and into the rest of the country. Now, uh, they've also had starting last weekend numbers so high. Usually that would be considered, I guess, um, abuse. Uh, it would be considered, I guess, to some degree, almost treasonous because you are allowing the American citizens to be threatened physically, whether it be through criminality or whether it be through virus, which they're so concerned about, by the way. They're very concerned. You can't go to church. All right. But uh, apparently it's cool to have 700 children packed into an 80-person facility. So really, do you suppose they really believe all that stuff about the coronavirus? Honestly, really? Here is uh, Judge Janine Pirro talking to uh, Donald Trump about visiting the border, and he says he's going to do it. Well, a lot of people want me to, the Border Patrols and all of the people of ICE, uh, if they want. Because they, uh, they know that you actually support them and, uh, and don't call them KKK members like uh, Kamala Harris did, and now she's in charge of the border. Me there, they've asked yeah, me to go. That. And I really sort of feel I owe it to them. They're great people. They're doing an incredible job. It's impossible now with what they've done. The stay in Mexico should have been left. <laughs> wow. And now they stay in the United States. And by the way, stay in and never leave. Uh, thousands and thousands of people are coming up right now as we speak. And you're going to have millions of people pouring in. They're also saying that about another 43 million want to come here. That will destroy our country. That will destroy your way of life. That will destroy your livelihood, and it cannot happen. To our country, and it's going to destroy our country. I don't know what they're doing, and they don't know what they're doing. It's a very, very... Oh, they know what they're doing. They want to create a permanent underclass that votes Democrat. Dangerous situation. They've been, they've been dreaming about this forever. Situation. I'd love not to be involved. Somebody else is supposed to be doing it. Oh, you mean the president? 
Yeah, I guess he'd be the person who was supposed to be doing it. Here is uh, uh, Donald Trump talking about the stay in Mexico order that the Biden administration got rid of. Now, what this meant was that if you came to the United States and wanted to cross the border, you would have to wait in Mexico until your court date. Now you just come here, get a luxurious hotel after you spend some time wrapped up as a baked potato in a facility that holds 80 people with 700 people inside of it. Uh, But you're going to get a nice hotel and then you'll be able to just leave without a court date into the country. But before that, you had to stay in Mexico and that stopped people from coming uh, a very very bad decision was stay in mexico where he ended that and it's uh, incredible they're not we're not getting along with mexico any longer you have a yeah. great president of mexico who was fantastic to me soldiers on our border twenty eight thousand soldiers stop people from coming in you know one of the big things not only people but drugs are pouring in at a number that we've this is the biggest crisis right now in america the biden administration sent out 1.9 trillion dollars They signed a bill. 9% was for COVID relief a year after uh, the last one. The American people have adjusted. They didn't need the money. They did not need the money. That's why so many spent their $1,400 on big screen televisions and trip to Vegas, okay? It was a giant bribe to unions and a payoff to municipalities run by Democrats that have been completely screwed up. That's what that was all about, and they want to do the same thing again. We'll get into that in a, uh, a little while. Never seen before now. We stopped it largely. And, you know, we were the wall is just uh, a few weeks away from being completed. He didn't want to complete it. It took two and a half years to start because uh, the Congress, the Democrats in Congress, Pelosi and everybody, sued us 11 different times. So after we won all the lawsuits we started, they should finish the wall, number one, and they should have the stay-in policy reinserted because if you don't have that, this but, is going but, to be a disaster. Well, they're not going to do it, guys. And you can send a strongly worded letter to the White House, which senators have done, and it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything because this ball is rolling and a woman who is very, very, very invested in open borders is now in charge of the southern border. This is a, an immigration nightmare and a legal immigration nightmare that our country has never faced before. It is a time to be worried, and it is a time for action. This has to stop. This is an affront to you, to me, to your kids, to your family members, to your neighbors, and to our Constitution and our country. Here is the president talking about who will get there first because Uncle Joe doesn't, uh, I mean, President Biden uh, doesn't feel it's important enough to get down there right now. Uh, Who's going to get there first? Well, I'm not looking to have a race. I'm looking to get a problem solved. This is going to destroy our country. We have, you have potentially millions of people coming up over a fairly short period of time. And these are people that in a large way are not, people that we want in our country. You have criminals coming up. You have murderers, rapists, drug dealers coming up. Because these countries, and I get along very well with the heads of every one of the countries, whether it's Guatemala, Honduras, or El Salvador. or Which he said, by the way, he said, stop sending illegals or you're not going to get any money. And he cut off the money and they cut off the, the uh, illegals coming. Uh, Joe Biden wants to give them back the money. Mexico. But, you know, they're not looking to have their finest people leave their country. But they don't mind if MS-13 yeah, leaves president. their country. And- Here is uh, the President Trump talking about his relationship with the president of Mexico. Well, we had a great process, and with the president of Mexico, who's a terrific guy, 
and a friend of mine, we had a great process, and it was a strong process. And frankly, they weren't coming into Mexico by the time we really got it going because they weren't coming in at Mexico's southern border. They weren't coming in because they knew they couldn't come into the United States. So you didn't have the problems. This is the difference between uh, strong leadership and feckless anti-American leadership. Now, once they say, we're letting you in, you're going to have, and they already have, if you take a look at the uh, the overtop shots or the airplane shots, we already have thousands and thousands of people marching up to our border. Yep. And we don't know who those people are, and they right. let them in. And then there's just nothing you can do. Once they're here, you're not going to get them out. No, that's going to be in- incredibly uh, difficult, if impossible, to do. Now, this is interesting. Um, Media Research Center put together uh, a montage, a montage of the border coverage, uh, Biden administration versus the Trump administration. This is the sound of uh, border coverage under the Biden administration. A lot of these children are part of a problem that the Biden administration inherited from the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. The Biden administration inherited from the Trump administration is challenges facing U.S. Border Patrol amid this migrant surge. Babies. Very, very tough situation that the Biden administration now needs to contend with. Something that's very difficult for the federal government. Beep, beep, beep. That's the giant load of manure backing up that the media is driving the truck. To deal with at the border. Beep, beep, more manure. You have a lot of border agents, you know, the union was very pro-Trump, who are now starting to just leak out videos anonymously, which can be very dangerous where we don't know where things are coming from. Yeah, um, they uh, came from senators this weekend. Yeah, I got to tell you guys, I mean, our media is so despicable that they would choose to tow a party line despite the First Amendment, is incredibly troubling. And it's heartbreaking, too, because the First Amendment is the most valuable piece of legislation passed in the history of mankind. It really, I, I believe it, more than the Magna Carta. Yes, there are other amendments to the Constitution that are incredibly important, but the right to freedom of expression, if you don't have it, life is cheapened. That's why people people get in uh, man-made dinghies and, uh, and go 90 miles across shark-infested waters to our shores. That's why people made hot air balloons or tried to sneak over the, the wall in, uh, in Berlin and were murdered and were killed, risked their lives for freedom, particularly freedom of expression. Here is uh, the, uh, the media's treatment of Donald Trump on the border. This is just rich. Well, the images suggest those of concentration camps. The Statue of Liberty, I think, is weeping right now. There's no denying that this is an incredibly complex humanitarian issue that's, of course, made even more difficult by the fact that we're dealing with this in the midst of a pandemic. He will be forever remembered as the president who traumatized little children. Increasingly, Donald Trump is turning this nation into Nazi Germany and turning these into concentration camps. I call this a concentration camp for kids. The Trump administration. Babies in jail. Babies in Baby this is this is inflammatory and and dangerous, and that's why so many Trump supporters were assaulted at his rallies. Honestly, this is this is obscene. Babies in jail. They marched away to showers. I know they're being marched away to showers, just like the Nazis. We begin this afternoon with the wails of children. <laughs> it's hard to have words. And I would hope that when you when you see this on a daily basis, and it, it is it is troubling, and it also it's difficult to watch, and it's difficult because there is rage inside of you, and empathy inside of you, seeing this and going, this doesn't have to happen. 
I think that's one of the reasons why I'm here to digest the news and maybe if not offer uh, an outlet for your emotions, maybe if we can offer solutions right now, the only solution would probably be another president, but we have to soldier on. Two weeks after Texas Governor Greg Abbott lifted all mandatory mask mandates, there's been no surge in COVID-19 cases across the state. Imagine that. Wow. On Thursday, the Texas Department of State Services reported that the state saw a seven-day average decrease in the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations, corona-related deaths. Same thing is happening in Florida. Same thing has happened uh, through the entire COVID crisis in South Dakota. The uh, Governor Christine Nome there has been in charge, and honestly... I think what we're finding is that the air is fine and that we should have protected the vulnerable and not shut down the country and caused so much damage. I speak as a father who had a kid in high school who missed half of her freshman year and then another half of her sophomore year she had to learn at home from a computer in a room by herself and she got very, very depressed. We have an entire generation of kids who've been held back a year. And I don't believe my personal opinion, it never needed to happen. Intensive care units dedicated solely to COVID-19 patients are beginning to shut down nationwide. I didn't know if you knew this. Several U.S. hospitals in recent days have announced the closure of a COVID-19 ICU, celebrating with cautious optimism over the moves. Oakland Park Hospital in uh, Dallas declared that all of its tactical uh, units are being closed. Last week, Baxter Regional Medical Center in Mountain Home, Arkansas, announced on Facebook that it's closing its uh, unit for COVID. This weekend, I was out uh, riding around in my car, and I saw a COVID vaccination facility in a very busy part of my town. And it was uh, like one of those, uh, those old stores that sit there abandoned until the Halloween Express pops up in the fall. <laughs> this time, it's been made into a COVID vaccine facility, and there was one car in the parking lot, presumably the person there giving the shots. Unbelievable. Anthony Fauci was on Face the Nation to talk about your kids and how, and honestly, this is all falling on deaf ears. And his fame is, un, you know, for him is unfortunately waning. He's going to have to go back to the hollow tree and start baking cookies again. I say that because he reminds me of uh, the Keebler elf, Ernie. Here he is talking about your kids and COVID and, and how... Please don't let my restrictions fade into the distance, but listen to what I have to say. For parents who are trying to plan their summers, what does that mean? Can they send their kids to summer camp? Can they allow them to play again on playgrounds? You know, it is conceivable that that will be possible, Margaret, because what we're seeing is... Uh, yeah, the kids are playing on the playground in, in my neighborhood, and, and I was uh, visiting with an old neighbor of mine, and last year... Uh, during the height of the pandemic, they opened the swimming pool and there were all these COVID restrictions supposed to happen with the swimming pool and kids weren't supposed to be able to go. I said, how long did that last? He said, last summer, it lasted about two days and then they were having pool parties and there were all sorts of people there renting out the pool for their pool parties and guess what? Nobody died. You know, as you just mentioned on the piece, we now have three to 3.5 million vaccinations each day. If we keep up at that pace, invariably, that's going to drive the rate and the level of infections per day to a much, much lower level. Blah, 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 blah. That's kind of what I hear when he talks. If we get into the summer and you have a summer. considerable percentage of the, of the population vaccinated and the level in the community 
gets below that plateau that's worrying me and my colleagues in public health. Like when, you know, it was seven or eight months ago, you sat in a uh, ballpark after throwing out the first pitch without a mask on right next to some people in the height of the pandemic. So how concerned were you, sir? It is conceivable that you would have a good degree of flexibility during the summer, even with the children, with things like camps. We don't know that for sure, but I think that's an, uh, an aspirational goal. Yeah, I already said to my daughter to a camp, see, what you're saying really is completely meaningless. We should go for. So if parents are vaccinated, they still do need to be concerned about their unvaccinated children playing together in groups. Is that right? Yeah, the children can clearly wind up getting infected. When we talk about what... Although that, uh, that's very, very, very incredibly rare. You can do when you're vaccinated... You can certainly have members of a family if the adults are vaccinated and you're in the home with your child. You don't need to wear... And you're all wrapped in plastic and you have oxygen masks. ...mask and you can have physical contact. When the children go out into the community... And you're swimming in a large tank of hand sanitizer. You want them to continue to wear masks when they're interacting with groups from multiple households. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, we, we had a barbecue at my, my house uh, yesterday. They were from multiple households, by the way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, this is great. This is Mr. <laughs> Dr. Fauci claiming that uh, the vaccine was his idea. Now, Donald Trump did this Operation Warp Speed. And in this interview with CNN, Anthony Fauci gave no credit to Operation Warp Speed. To show you how out of control this man's ego is, he actually took credit for the idea. And that's when it became very clear that the decision we made on January the 10th to go all out and develop a vaccine. We have a number of vaccine candidates. May have been the best decision that I've ever made. <laughs> that is a good one. That is a good one. Now, uh, Dr. Fauci has been a bureaucrat for over 40 years in Washington, D.C. When the, uh, the bird flu happened in 2010, I got very, very ill. I had pneumonia. I remember having bubbles in my lungs. I was hospitalized. Anthony Fauci did nothing about a vaccine then, by the way. Okay, so 40 years as a career bureaucrat, never has a, uh, a vaccine been rushed to the fore in 10 months' time in the history of the country, and he's taking credit for it. When actually the reason why it happened was Donald Trump became the president and he's a businessman and that's what they have to do. By the way, this according to Kaiser Health News, grants are distributed based on a uh, historical share of Medicare revenue. Apparently last year they had based it on COVID-19 burden. Kaiser Health News used a state breakdown provided by the House Wayne Sedmean Committee along with COVID-19 cases tabulated by the New York Times for an analysis of how much money each state got per COVID diagnosis. Now, last year, the head of the CDC said that there was a perverse incentive for states, hospitals, nursing homes to uh, say that COVID had been diagnosed. That was monetary. So listen to this, kids. Alabama, $158,000 per COVID case. California, $145,000 per COVID case. Only $23,000 in Arizona. Arkansas, $285,000 per COVID case. Federal money, you and me, ladies and gentlemen. Hawaii, $301,000. Kansas, where I uh, live right now, actually. Yes, I'm in Kansas. $291,000 
Uh, Maine, $260,000 per COVID case. New Hampshire, two hundred one. North Dakota, $339,000 per COVID case. And West Virginia, coming at number one on the countdown, $471,000. So I would call that a fairly perverse incentive to diagnose people with COVID-19. My wife's good friend, his father, uh, died in a nursing home. They said that he died of COVID. Uh, he was never tested. It's time to move on to other stuff. Let's talk a little bit about some great guests and great interviews on our glorious network, Newsmax Television. Rob Schmidt, actually, spoke with KT McFarlane. I love KT McFarlane. I think she is absolutely uh, brilliant and uh, incredible. And Joe Biden, not exactly broadcasting strength to the rest of the world, including North Korea. Now, North Korea just fired uh, ballistic missiles and uh, it did a test. KT was asked what Joe Biden will do about North Korea. Uh, what do you think happens here? What will Biden do? Nothing. He won't do anything. <laughs> and I look at North Korea. The whole issue is going to be China. China owns North Korea to the extent yeah. that 95% of North Korea's food, uh, fuel, transportation fuel, all comes from China. And that's what allows North Korea then to have a very expensive weapons program. If China doesn't want to have North Korea pull back, North Korea won't pull back. And China likes it just the way it is now, right? Because North Korea is a problem for the United States. It's a problem for South Korea. It's a problem for Japan. So I don't think anything happens until China does it. And, you know, are they going to help Joe Biden on this one? I absolutely don't think so. Here, uh, Katie McFarland is talking about, remember that summit about a week ago, two weeks ago, America with China, and China basically laughed in our faces. Here's KT's thoughts on that, that summit in Alaska. No, it's a one-two punch. It's all part of the same thing. I mean, you know, what do the Chinese say yep. in Alaska? They basically, you know, they, they lay down their red lines, their yep. non-negotiable demands. And what they said was, you don't talk about Hong Kong. You don't talk about the Uyghurs in the concentration camps. Okay, no problem. Camps. You don't talk about Taiwan. We, China, think these are internal Chinese matters. And America, keep your nose out. And if I we want to do genocide, that's our business. I think what happened with the, the overflights... China, genocidal for 50 years. The planes over Taiwan was that China's making the point even more boldly right. to say, you guys stay away. This is our business. What we choose to do is what we choose to do, and you don't have any right to criticize us or to be involved. Yeah. Now, if I were sitting at that table, Rob, what I would have done is gotten up and walked away. Okay. But no, the Biden administration stayed and after being it. criticized for racism and everything else right they said well you know we're not perfect but we're trying i mean come on yeah and they also said thank you sir can i have another brandon judd president of the border patrol council was talking to rob schmidt about the senate visit where of course uh, senator cruz was was blocked by a biden administration official it was amazing the way they saw we put them in the shoes of border patrol agents we took them out to the border we allowed them to see apprehension. Now listen to this. Tensions taking place. We took them down to the river at uh, almost 12 o'clock at night. They got to banter back and forth with smugglers across the river that were taunting them, wow. that were telling them where they can stick it. I can't repeat exactly what the smugglers were saying on TV, but obviously it was it was very bad. They were telling them that they're going to... You down with this America? Did you vote for this America? I'm thinking you didn't. Do um, do anything that they want, and there was nothing that they could do to stop them. They got to see firsthand how difficult the job is, and it's become so much more difficult because of the administration's policies that are allowing these people to come in and get released into the United States, which is causing this huge flood. 
and it is an abuse of you and me and the Constitution and our sovereign border. Grant Stinchfield had uh, former acting United States Secretary of Homeland Security Chad Wolf on, and this was a massive story this weekend. The Biden administration was warned by the Trump administration dozens of times that if they reversed the policies of Donald Trump, that this would happen and it was ignored. Well, it's very frustrating and, as you said, uh, very disappointing because in 2019, when we had a surge, we asked Congress, we begged Congress to change the law to address some of the incentives that were driving people to our border. They refused. Congress refused, wouldn't work with the administration. And so what we did is we used executive authority and authorities that the department would have uh, to put in a number of policies that address the issue, whether it was Remain in Mexico or whether we used asylum cooperative agreements or other authorities. But we addressed the issue. And it worked. It cut illegal immigration by 85%. And we got those numbers down to uh, very, very low, sometimes in some cases historically low numbers. Uh, And what we saw on January 20th is the Biden administration undoing all of that, canceling three or four programs right out of the gate. And we knew what that was going to cause. Uh, We briefed them during the transition. We told them, we gave them over two dozen different briefings about immigration and border security. We said, if you cancel this, you do away with these policies, this is what's going to happen. Okay, let's hear that again. Uh, We briefed them during the transition. We told them, we gave them over two dozen different briefings about immigration and border security. We said, if you cancel this, you do away with these policies, this is what's going to happen. You're gonna have backup in border patrol stations, you're gonna have backup in HHS facilities. And guess what? They didn't care. They canceled the programs. And now we see the result of that. So in my mind, it's really simple on what is causing this surge at the border. And it's specifically action that the Biden administration has taken, as well as very, very poor messaging uh, that the migrants are listening to as well. And they know. They knew it during the Obama administration. Those countries knew the policy was open border. They know it is. And it's only emboldened even more when the president finds $86 million to house people in hotels and then release them to the country without a court date. Grant also had on actress Samir Armstrong, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, people in Oakland, California, are going to get $500 a month uh, to help out during the COVID crisis monetarily. But only if you're not white. This is racism. There's no such thing as reverse racism. There's only one thing, and it is racism. And that's what this is. We'll start by hearing the mayor of Oakland announce it and then get uh, actress Samir Armstrong's take on it. Today, Oakland, California, launches one of the largest guaranteed income demonstrations to date in the nation. 600 Oakland families will receive $500 a month for 18 months. Our vision is an Oakland that has closed the racial wealth gap I guess white people can't be poor, right? I need to tell my childhood that. Is liberal Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff announcing a guaranteed basic income program. On the face of it, it's bad news. There's one requirement, though, besides being poor. Mm -hmm. It's only for families that are black, indigenous, or people of color. Mm -mm. Yep, you heard that right. If you're poor and white, well... You're out of luck. Wow. So what do you make of Mayor Schaaf's plan to Schaaf white people and uh, only give this to people of color, (laughs) this basic income? 
Well, it's easy to get reactive over something so obviously racist. But on the other hand, you know, it's a disparaging attempt to uh, really minimize people's capability to work. And um, this is creating more of a conditioning towards government dependency. It's uh, encouraging zero skill set or upper mobility. And I want to I wonder, does this come with any sort of training program? It goes back to like you know, giving a person a fish or giving a person the tools to learn how to fish. This would be like the mayor of a Jim Crow South City saying, we are going to give white families $500 a month and everybody else is excluded. It is nothing shy of racist, radical, offensive, and awful to all of the people in this country who experience poverty, including many white families. Honestly, I have no words Let's move on. Greg Kelly did an emotional interview with Homer Talley. He's the father of Eric Talley, who died in the uh, Colorado Boulder shootings, the mass shooting that caused the death of 10 people. Here is uh, Mr. Talley talking about his son and what a man he was. <clears throat> My son was, um, was a, a prankster. He was a guy who of, of, he had such high integrity. Uh, I, he... he knew the difference between right and wrong, and he lived his life, um, you know, in respecting his boss, his his uh, parents, his... Uh, he was 51 years old, and he had seven children. Everything. He was a man of faith, and oh. he knows, he knew, <clears throat> he knew God, and he knew, um, well, let me just say this. As far as what kind of man he was, we... We had uh, conversations several times about his job, and he said, you know, Papa, he says, I'm trained to to call for backup. He says, that's what they tell me. I have to call for backup. He says, but I don't know if I can do that if somebody's in there getting hurt. I said, you know, Eric, he might get killed. And he said, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get killed, but I, I don't know if I can wait stand there and wait while people are getting injured and he was the first one in and he lost his life here is homer tally the father of eric tally talking about how his son would react if democrats immediately made his death about gun control well i'll say this my son was would be embarrassed that his death was being used to further gun control he was a second amendment person and he he owned an ar-15 of his own he, uh, you know, my feelings on it are that you have a problem with crime, let's say. And so you look at the problem and you say, well, let's see, what can we do to fix this? Oh, well, we can take AR-15s away from every law-abiding citizen in the country. That'll fix the problem. Yeah, right. That doesn't make any sense. Those are two separate things. The crime, in my opinion, should be approached from a social issue. I mean, we don't, if we don't have... Uh, there's two things. There's morality that we need to establish in communities, and we need to focus on establishing that, the difference between right and wrong. And the other thing is an enforcement of the law. And the Democrats don't want to focus on morality or cultural rot because those are difficult to solve. If you just say guns bad and take away guns, you get the moral superiority, superiority, I should say, of being for gun control and lives saved, and it's meaningless. 
it's meaningless. Let's talk about Hunter Biden, shall we? Hunter Biden may have given false information on an ATF background check form. It is noticeable, uh, notable that the punishment for false answers on that form includes fines up to $250,000. Now, here's what happened. 2018, October 2018, Hallie Biden was searching through Hunter's uh, Biden's uh, pickup truck and found a 38 revolver. She wrapped the gun in plastic, drove to Jansen's Market, a high-end grocery store in Delaware where they were regulars and dumped it in the trash. Apparently, uh, maybe Hunter would get a little stoned and want to go there to get some Funyuns and microwave burritos, uh, you know, half a dozen of them. In. Anyway, so uh, she found it, and she threw it into the trash can. And apparently, Secret Service agents visited, found the gun, went to StarQuest shooters, asked for records that proved Hunter owned the weapon. Here's the problem. In case you didn't know, Hunter Biden apparently really into crack cocaine. In fact, it got him kicked out of the military, and we've actually seen laptop pictures, which of course were uh, were ignored by the press before the election, with him falling asleep with a crack pipe in his mouth. And it was a darling photo. I mean, just a little teddy bear. But he clearly had an issue with cocaine, which would prevent him from purchasing a firearm. On Greg Kelly's show, Kyle Zimpler, uh, she is of the Federalist, talked about the gun form and how it could have been illegal for Hunter Biden to get the gun in the first place. Well, we don't know for sure whether Hunter Biden lied on this form, but we have reason to believe that he did. Uh, One of the questions on the form was whether or not he was the user of or addicted to a list of uh, illicit substances. Um, And of course, we know that Hunter Biden has a very shady track record with drugs. Um, And the impregnating the strippers and, you know. His marriage. Uh, It got him going in rehab seven times charged from the military. I want my money back. He wound up in rehab a handful of times. He's about to release a memoir about his his drug battle uh, next month. And probably most damning is a story that came um, from late 2018, which if you look at the date on the form, uh, he acquired the gun in October of 2018. So late 2018. Um, And that story is about uh, Hunter Biden being suspected of smoking cocaine in a VIP room of a strip club that he frequented in Washington, D.C. Well, what else are you going to do? So we have we have strong reason to believe that he lied on this form, even though uh, we we cannot prove it yet. Um, And uh, the law enforcement did not do their due diligence of checking this form, apparently. Apparently, because... uh uh, the ATF Form 4473 makes clear the information you provide will be used to determine whether you are prohibited by federal or state law from receiving a firearm. Certain violations of the Gun Control Act are punishable by up to 10 years in imprisonment or a $250,000 fine. But, of course, he's a uh, kid of a big Washington, D.C. politician, and those people never go to jail. Here, Kylie Zimpler is talking about uh, prosecution and how often it happens when you lie on a gun application form. Uh, does anybody ever get prosecuted for that? I, 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 it's against the law. That's bad. But is it is it one of those things they just blow off or is it something they're pretty serious about? It's fairly rare that people get prosecuted for it, but it is a felony. Um, and actually, uh, you raise an interesting point. The timing of this is particularly strange because Biden is currently um, picking a nominee to head up the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms, which is the ATF, which yeah. um, holds the form that, that Hunter Biden filled out. So this story gives a real opportunity to Republican senators um, who will be able to ask the nominee questions about this. Uh, and, I, and they really should hold the nominee's feet to the fire and see, you know, will this individual commit to um, investigating Hunter Biden to see if if he did, in fact, lie on this form. This well-connected individual. Well, it's a Biden um, appointee. 
That's not going to happen. Some great stuff from Newsmax Television. By the way, you make sure to download the Newsmax TV app on your phone. And also for listings on all of our Newsmax programming, including my show, Rob Carson's What in the World? Just go to NewsmaxTV.com. We have a special guest on the show, Christian Toto. He has got a website called Hollywood and Toto. He also uh, writes for the Daily Wire, and he joins me right now. Good morning, Christian. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you. Uh, I just want to mention something real quick. Uh, the Oscars are always off, but I guess, what, a week or more ago, the Oscars were uh, nominations were announced. And for the first time in my entire life, I didn't recognize a single movie. I'm assuming that's because none of them were in theaters. Yeah, listen, I you know, I, there's a lot to critique about the Oscars and the selections and the movies that are made that are made specifically for Oscar consideration. Last year was tough. The pandemic really kind of changed a lot of things. But this is the direction that the Oscars have been going in for a while. It's less populist. It's more elitist. Yeah. And so the titles you see are going to be not really well known among the public. Now, the irony is that a lot of them are available on different streaming services. So I think we have actually better access to some of them. But, again, these are titles that have very limited appeal it's 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 not the you know the old days where they could sneak in a lord of the rings movie and everyone has seen it or even black panther these are movies that are kind of aimed for a much smaller crowd and of course you're going to get the reaction is i haven't heard of these let's move on to uh cancel culture uh in hollywood which is obviously a hotbed for cancel culture you had mentioned and i i saw this morning the guy who wrote captain underpants apparently under fire because of another book that he's written that has some passive racism in it. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, one of the most popular kids' books around. My kids have torn through all these books, The Captain Underpants, yeah. and even some of the Ook and Gluk books, which I think are definitely inferior from an entertainment point of view, but I'm, a, I'm an old guy, so I don't, I'm not the target <laughs> audience. But now it's been, I guess the newer books have been accused of passive racism. This is, again, <sighs> The Adventures of Ook and Gluk. The new book is kung fu caveman uh -huh. from the future so now that's going to be pulled from the shelf now dave pilkey is the author's name he is in full agreement as is scholastic now what is passive racism i, I feel like that's a newish term it's not not directly on my radar but listen <laughs> how many people have to determine if something is racist passively racist microaggression it's often one person. It could be a small community. It could be a group of people who just want to find something in everything. And listen, I don't support racism if it's sort of clear as a bell and ugly and gross. I, you know, I think we can all agree on that. But I think what we're seeing in the culture is just is is just fear. It's just absolute fear. And you know, and it, when an author like Pilkey comes along, who must be extraordinarily wealthy and you know well deserved, he's made really popular books that help kids read, and he just says, "Yep, take it out. We're done." I'm, I mean, I'm staggered by that yeah, because yeah. the biggest artists of the day are not standing up to this cancel culture. We've seen it with Stephen King. We've seen it with other people. Scar Scarlett Johansson, when she was attacked by the woke mob, she couldn't have backpedaled any faster. And she is beautiful and talented and yeah. uber rich. And you think she'd be the person to say, listen, guys and gals, this is my choice. This is my decision. I'm an actress. I'm taking this specific role Feel free to criticize me, but the, sh the story goes forward. I understand also what SpongeBob is now under attack. Yeah, there was an episode. It, it mentioned the word panty raid. I don't know the full story. Oh, but the I, bottom line I, is that. I remember that because they were going, they, Mr. Krabs and uh, and SpongeBob, and they were going to do this big night, and they were going to do a panty raid, and they ended up going to Mr. Krabs' mom's house, and he didn't know about it. It was it was very funny, but go ahead. 
Well, that's it. I mean, listen, that's they're going to keep combing through the culture, <laughs> looking at what's going on, Ugh. and they're going to pick and choose that they want. And it makes – listen, it, it's it, – I don't know if this is the right technical chemical term, but I think there's a dopamine hit involved where you feel really good when you do some virtue signaling and there's an actual result of it. <laughs> and I think we're just going to keep picking through the culture, look at this, look at that, that's wrong – and the big corporations are all on board, whether it's HBO Max or Paramount Plus, Danny for sure. All these corporations are running scared. They're not willing to yeah. stand up for the art. And, of course, the artists, more importantly, are not standing up for the art. Well, the American, the, the American people are, though. And that's why uh, Dr. Seuss became a bestseller again. And it's ridiculous. Most Americans don't agree with this crap. They're not offended by it. This is all brought about by uh, white suburban women. I've talked about this for years and years and years. They are always willing to step forward and being offended for someone else. The reason why the, the Washington Redskins are now called the Washington football team is because a bunch of busybody Gladys Kravitz types from the suburbs decided they would be offended for Native Americans. I know this for a fact. Let's move on to Lil Nas X. He had a big hit song with Billy Ray Cyrus last year. It was actually kind of a rap, a crossover country song, and it was a great song. Now he's come out with a new song where he uh, does a lap dance on Satan. I don't think this is going to play with the country audience. I don't think so either, but it, you know, it's, it's interesting where you know if you comb the headlines and look at all the different news outlets covering this, it'll be either positive or empowering oh, wow. or just sort of a neutral take, and that's fine. I mean, neutral is what journalism should be all about. But then when you've got a Dr. Seuss book that a minority of a minority of a minority say is inappropriate, it's done. So you can kind of do these kind of events, the <laughs> Satan, you know, the Satan uh, worshiping stories or whatever. And, you know, listen, I'm a free speech guy. Go for it. If that's the, if that's the song you want to sing, yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to complain about it. But it's the cultural double standards are shocking. Yeah. Dr. Seuss has taught how many children has he in, kind of imbued a love of reading in? And yet now he's canceled? Yeah. It, it's it's beyond unfair. It's almost cruel. It is ridiculous. And also, uh, by the way, Lil Nas X has a 666 pairs of $1,000 Nike shoes that have two drops of human blood in them, apparently, and also come with a pentagram on them. So um, Nike's down with this. Lil Nas X is down with this, and I guess uh, people who are Nike collectors are down with it as well. I just, uh, I mean, I, I, when I was in high school, my Rush 2112 album uh, was supposedly satanic and awful. Um, <laughs> now you're legitimately, legitimately putting a pentagram in the, in the number 666 on Nikes, and it's okay. Yeah, you know, you and I are old enough to, to kind of have seen the different cultural waves yes, in the yes, 80s. Yes, yes. Maybe it was people on the right in, in sort of the social conservatives who are aghast at certain things. And I, I'm just, often the arguments are, were valid or you can go back and forth. But there wasn't the sensorial, you, you, no one could ever have this anymore. I think that's what's different now. It's across the culture. It's powered by big tech. It's powered by corporations. It's powered by the media. That's what's different. And you can agree or disagree with the past and what's going on right now. It's when things go away, when the digital book burning happens, that's where it goes to a different different level and a much scarier level. Absolutely. Uh, Christian Toto, thank you for joining me today. Where can people find you and tell everybody about your glorious website? It is hollywoodintoto.com. If you've got a name like Toto, you've got to use it in some capacity. <laughs> but I also write a lot at the Daily Wire. And Love I'm it. just starting some story that real clear investigations for, to look for them soon. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, Christian, thanks for joining me, brother. appreciate it. Thanks. All right, Christian Toto, um, friend of the show. I've known Christian for a number of years. Appreciate what he does and uh, and certainly appreciate his take 
I'm going to do one more story. Then I got a quick commentary about, uh, about just life in America today. For this story, I'm going to, and by the way, when you hear this, you're going to kick yourself for staying in law school. Listen to this. We'll start with the themes of Baywatch. Why do I play the theme to Baywatch? <laughs> because the highest paid of Los Angeles lifeguards. You think he makes $20 an hour? $30 an hour? That would be major money if you were, uh, you know, like, for instance, I live in the Kansas City area. You're a kid and your your job is in the summer and you're a lifeguard and you get minimum wage or maybe a little better. Highest paid lifeguard earns $392,000. Dozens more rake in more than $200,000 a year. <laughs> wow. 82 Lifeguards make more than $200,000. L.A.'s left a, a best-paid lifeguard, like the Dr. Fauci of lifeguarding, Fernando Boiteau, made $391,000. Salary of two hundred five, perks of $60,000. Benefits $125,000. By contrast, New York's two highest-earning cops were paid $323,000 and $317,000. Many of the lifeguards who won the Medal of Valor for exhibiting bravery and saving lives were not among the country's highest-paid. Edward Nick Mecco, an ocean lifeguard specialist who won the 2020 Medal of Valor, earned only $134,000 a year, which is about what a congressman makes. Unbelievable. California public employees cost taxpayers $45 billion a year, according to the report. Wouldn't it be nice to get that in the private sector? But of course you don't, because you know what? They're spending other people's money. They're spending your and my money. I'm about to wrap the show up today, guys. I greatly appreciate it. Last week, we had a very successful week doing the Newsmax Daily. We are adding platforms all the time, iHeartRadio, iTunes, uh, soon to be hopefully a Google podcast, among others, but it's all over the place, and it will grow. I'm a uh, libertarian-leaning conservative, and we as conservatives are facing a lot right now. We had the what many would consider the tragedy of the uh, election this year. And ushering in Joe Biden as the president and seeing all of the good things that Donald Trump had done to the country go down the toilet. We have seen the border open. We have seen the Keystone XL pipeline cut. We've seen our gas prices raise. About a month, almost a month and a half ago, someone who I wrote for for over 20 years, Rush Limbaugh, the voice of the conservative movement, the reason why the conservative movement exists died at age 70. It's a difficult time, but the one thing we cannot give up and they cannot take from us is the fire inside of us and our hope and our fight for the country as founded, for the country you grew up loving, for the colorblind country that you grew up in, where men of all colors died on battlefields together as brothers in arms where we all stood for the national anthem while people of color stood and cried as the anthem played, everything that we hold near and dear to us is being assaulted by a very small minority of people who are radical and hate the country and are spoiled and entitled. The only thing I can say, guys, is that good always wins. Otherwise, Hitler's Nephew would be 
the head of Nazi Germany in 2021. Otherwise, the Soviet Union would still be around. Good ultimately wins. So just hang in there. It's going to be okay. But never let the fire go out. All right. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Also, thank you to Newsmax for putting this on because I really enjoy doing it for you. If you would, again, want like to uh, uh, download the Newsmax app, just do it on your phone. Five million people have done it since November, and it's, I mean, it's growing dramatically. And make sure to check out all of our Newsmax shows. We've got some great hosts, and you're going to get some great coverage. You're going to get some great commentary and great guests. Truly an alternative to the mainstream media, and that's why it is the fastest-growing news network in cable right now. Guys, have a glorious day. God bless you, and I will see you again tomorrow on the Newsmax Daily. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.